<clears throat> certainly great being here in the house of the Lord this evening. I'm doing really well. <clears throat> Doctors, but with my cancer, all my tests thus far showed really great. <clears throat> having trouble with my legs, not getting any better. Someone asked if I, well, John, if you want to move that around a little bit or just leave it alone. Somebody asked what I was getting done for my legs. I said, well, nothing. I keep thinking this one time we'll get up, everything's going to be okay, <clears throat> but it's not. But we're glad to be able to be here today. Thank the Lord for the opportunity. I always feel like I'm amongst loved ones here. I feel like I'm amongst family. I was over to the dollar store on the AA highway, and uh, that was my grandfather several generations back built that house. And they was tearing that chimney down. I stopped over there and I asked, Donnie, I was asking about getting one of the rocks off of that chimney. He looked at me and said, well, there's a lot of family members who might be wanting one of those. He said, but I'll check around. And he said, if there's any left over, none of the family wants all of them. He said, I'll get a hold of you. Then he looked at me a minute and he kind of grinned. He said, well, he said, you are family, aren't you, Tim? I said, well, yes, I am. He said, what about that big one right there? That's the foundation all the rest of them set on. What about that one? I said, that's the very one I would love to have. <clears throat> so I was able to get that. But I do feel like I'm amongst family here. In reality, many of you are of my family. If you'll claim me, I'll claim you. <clears throat> my granddad's a politician through and through. And he always said, you've got to claim Ken to all your family. If it's eight generations back, they're still family, he said. But I do feel like I'm amongst family. I always feel like I'm loved here when I come here. Thank God for you. Thank God for Brother John's, like he said, with Sister Sandy and I toward Brother John, Sister Debbie, and them to us as well. Just thank the Lord for all the members here. you got a wonderful church. Uh, a lot of preachers probably wouldn't say it, but you see all these young people up here, and it makes you envious. It makes you envious as a pastor. We're not supposed to be envious, but it's just amazing. I told the church of the day, I said, I heard a long, long time ago, so as the Sunday school go, goes to church. And that's youth and ones that are trained, have been trained. And I said, our churches are in trouble. Uh, Emmanuel's different than that. The Lord's blessed. Amen. But the devil's always in the works, and I understand that. You've got to just keep on keeping on, fight the good fight of faith. And there's certainly a battle, there's something, there's a battle, there's something that is raging across our land. It's a phenomenon not only in our land, but it's across the world at this present time. Many say it's fueled by TikTok and the praise and the attention that young people get by acting out and having all these different ideologies that they're embracing. Nothing new. The Bible says it's always been abomination, but it's, it's gripped our land in a terrible, terrible way. And that's what I'm going to preach about tonight. Preached about a couple of Sundays ago and then followed up with another message this past Sunday. Some of our members may have heard have heard this before. Some of you have not. But I just pray it will be a help to you and will be a blessing to you. We don't like to always maybe talk about it. And sometimes you might say, well, even in a mixed company, we shouldn't talk about it. Don't think your children are not, being talk, are not talking about it. Right. It, it's, it surrounds them. It, it invades, pervades ever. Every part of their life, if they watch any TV at all, on every commercial is full of it. Mm -hmm. Movies are full of it. It's been taught in our schools. It's been eased in our schools. 
Almost every school you would ever go to has those people, this persuasion that I'm talking about, this perverted ideology, and they can't keep from bringing it in or bringing it out. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it is a, it is a sin that I believe it is being used uh, to take down and destroy our nation, our homes, and our children. In reality, I believe it is targeting our children. It's absolutely destroying our children, our young children, before they even get old enough to really make good sound judgment and have a good mind about them. It's taking the very life out of our children, even as babies. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 17, it's like the title of the message for maybe no better title of sin that is destroying America. All sin is terrible. Sin is sin. For some, the Bible makes reference to God says is abominations. That's what we preach about the sin of homosexuality and lesbianism and the evils of that, how it's certainly it's just absolutely bombarding our society at this present time. It's rather lengthy reading in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through verse 17. This know also that the last days, perilous times shall come. These are not the very last of the last days. My, what America, what the country, what this world is going to face. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. After that, there'll be a tribulation, time of tribulation like this world has never known. But until then, what are we going to go through? I do not know. We see things that are setting up now for a terrible, terrible destruction in America and throughout the lands. Just know that also in the last day, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men should be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unholy, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Have you ever seen a time you see such as this? Truce bakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despiser of those that are good. How that we that try to stand for the word of God, that herald the good things, the wonderful things, and the wholesome things in life, we are, we are despised, we're hated. Traitors, heavy, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having the form of godless, denying the powers thereof, from such turn away. We have these rock stars, these movie stars, that wear all this uh, so-called religious apparel, and they make uh, make a form of religion. They speak about God in their life. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Uh, they'll put on a big show right after their. Uh, their peril, their ways, then all of a sudden it just goes completely crazy after all of that. For this sort are they which creep the houses and lead captive silly women, lay the sins, led away with divers' lust. Ever learning, ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as James and Jambers withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, retrobate concerning the faith. There are some people that are retrobates. They're completely against. They're given over to evil way and an evil mind. But they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be made manifest to all men as theirs also was. God said, when God says enough, it's enough. You say, why does God allow this? Well, judgment. God allows things to come in our land as judgment upon our land. Why? Why do we believe? Why does there people that live in such a bubble that thinks that God will not bring judgment or is not bringing judgment down upon America? The nation of Israel, time and time again, God brought great judgment down upon the nation of Israel 
because they rebelled against His Word. What makes us believe we're exempt from great tragedy and horrific things that happen in America, and they do happen all the time. And people want to blame it on this and blame it on that. Why couldn't we just simply say, God, I'm sorry as a nation, as a people, because of sin. Don't want to. The man, these wickednesses deceive in his mind. But they have fully known my doctrine made her life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecution, afflictions came in the mid-Antioch at Iconium and Lystra. With persecution I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. The Apostle Paul says, people know my life. They know my testimony. They know my witness. Yet all that will live God in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That is something else that seems like it's so strange sometimes that people believe well, why, why do I, am I persecuted? Why am I not doing well? Why is in Psalms 37, why does the evil man seem like he is rejoicing and, the, and, and actually being more bountiful in all things of life? And why am I suffering persecution? Because I'm doing good. Well, the Bible says certainly that we will. If we stand for Christ, we shall suffer persecution. And Jesus said, don't think, don't, we looked at scripture a moment. Jesus don't think, don't stand and wonder about that. If they hated you, know they hated me before they ever hated you. Right. The evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things that thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, not of whom thou hast learned them. That's the answer. We've got to continue on what you're being taught, what you're passing with this church, the leaders, the teachers within this church. We've got to continue on. Our children need to learn and continue on in the good things, the proper things. Nor whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child that's known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise in salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Someone once said that, uh, he's talking about their testimony. He said, well, I don't have a testimony like brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. And, you know, you know, I was saved as a young child. And my testimony, all my testimony is that I got saved you know, as a child and I just, I do, I, I come to church and I, I got saved. I followed the Lord in baptism. I've been a member, been faithful to church. And I wasn't a drunkard. I wasn't a gambler. I wasn't, I wasn't involved in all these things. And they said, you know, I don't have much of a testimony. And I feel like I have no much of a testimony. And the preacher told them, so you got the greatest of a testimony. And the only thing you don't have, you don't have the old scars. You don't have those old things that the devil drags up in your mind and your heart. And tells you that you, you you can and you're not saved and all these things that you have to deal with. You don't have all that garbage and baggage behind you. You've got the most wonderful testimony that God saved you at a young age. And you persevere and continue on in the things of the Lord. Amen. All scripture given me inspiration of God is proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. It's not to be picked and choose what you want. The Bible says take it all, take it all. Take it all and you put it all together as a whole and read and line upon line, precept upon precept. One thought builds upon another. You can't take one out of its context and build a whole thought upon that. God is love. God is love. God is love. Absolutely God is love. But you can't build a whole way of life and excuse all manner of sin because what God is love. What about God is holy? All other attributes of God are derived and are come forth and spring forth in the attribute of holiness. First and foremost, our God is holy. All scripture give me inspiration of God's proper doctrine, reproof, 
for correction, for instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, all good works. That's just not for the man of God. That's for the child of God, for all of us, that we take God's word and we grow thereby, we mature as God's child. As you think again in this passage of Scripture, though, our nation is out of control. I read the other day, and I've heard people make that comment and make reference to to this thought in numerous ways of late. It's nothing new, but this guy kind of he's got a national audience, and he made this comment. He said, "As as as if the demons, the fall, all the fallen angels, all the cohorts of the wicked one have all been turned loose at one time to sail and come into the to the land." And try to destroy God's people. Like this one big push, just it's just like it's just an ever faucet of society. It's just like the demons of hell are just on a rampage and going into anything and everything and trying to bring as much disarray and disharmony through evil men and working through men and evil men and women and boys and girls to destroy and bring about a fall to this great nation. <laughs> Our nation is absolutely out of control. Who would deny and say our nation's out of control? The polls say, not all polls are right. Somebody one told, say, told me one time, they said one thing about numbers. You can take numbers and make them say anything you want to make them say. But there's polls by all different, conservative, uh, liberal, whoever you want to be. Some that are more, uh, are more uh, prestigious than others. But their polls are saying that America is, people are saying America is in bad shape. America's in a downward turn in all different aspects, not just, not just concerning the virtues of man, but just as a nation as a whole, out of control. And what is leading the charge? What is it that is, that is so pronounced and it's like it's, it's in the forefront of everything and causes such disharmony and disarray? And what may be what we call wokeism is homosexuality and lesbianism is the very front. Brother Ross said the other front is the climate commies. That's another group. And then all the things about racism. That's the third front. And those three things combined, but homosexual lesbianism at the very front is trying to destroy things. The climate commies. I mentioned the church Wednesday night or Sunday morning. I mentioned, why why can we stop oil here and then buy it from those that are chanting every day, kill America, kill America, and other communist, socialist regimes, why do we stop our production? Just there the other day, what to do? Our leadership, come on Indian lands, said we're going to ban drilling. The Indian leadership said, let the drilling come. It'll help our nation, it'll help our people. And the government says, no, we know what's best for you as a people. We know what's best for you. That's what they continue to tell us. We know what's best for you. You don't know what's good for you. We know what's good for you. But homosexuality and lesbianism. And then you think about every other combination of mixed up, confusing, mentally ill combination of perverse and abominable sexual orientations, trans-binary, self-identifying, the list goes on and on and on. 
craziness and foolishness of the worst sort. As its roots in what? In sinful rebellion. Let me say this. Is that anything like that in your family or your extended family or somebody close that you know? It's in mine. It's in other people's in our church, throughout communities. It's everywhere you go in the workplace. It's there. But what do we do? Do we hate those people? I was asked many, many, many years ago. It's close to 30 years ago. Somebody had come and asked me, said, will you do a funeral uh, for so-and-so? I said, didn't know they'd even passed away. Yeah, they passed away. I knew what I knew what people said that he had. I knew what the disease they said that caused him to pass away. It's a disease that was very pronounced among homosexuality. But they asked me, so will you do his funeral? Just let me think about that. Because inside I was saying, well, no, I'm not going to do his funeral. No, I'm not going to do that funeral. But I did. I did, and I preached the gospel. And a person asked me later, said, well, why, why would you even think about not preaching? I said, well, I said, I just, I just hate the thoughts of that. And he said, what do you think about him? I said, well, I knew him when I was younger, and he moved away, and he, he always acted maybe strange, strange sometimes. As a young pre-teenager, I said, but afterward, I said, he moved away. When he come back, he, he just he just full-blown, never let it. He let know what he was and how he was. And I said, I just didn't want to be around him. I hate to be around him. They said, uh, after you were saved, was you ever around him? I said, yeah. And they said, uh, couldn't stand to be around him? I said, no. They looked at me and said, did you ever preach to him the gospel, Tim? Well, I feel about that high. You said, can those people be saved? God saves people. But he saves people out of their sin. Don't save them in their sin. You say, do you hate those people? No. I have no hatred or ill will enough toward anybody. I want to see them go to hell. I don't like what they do to my nation, my family, my home, church. I don't like that. That I'm a part of. I don't like that. As far as hating them and want them to go to hell, I don't want that. But I want to see them saved. I want to see them behave and come out of that foolishness. And quit dying to destroy that which I love. But you think about this. The sins of homosexual and lesbian it has its roots in rebellion. Rebellion against God, family, and nature itself. I read one time that it's the very it's a very pinnacle of rebellion in the heart of sinful man. First and foremost, it's rebellion against God. God made man what? Male and female. Genesis one twenty seven. To populate the earth, verse 28, for mutual mutual what? Companionship, help, and pleasure. Genesis chapter 2, verse 20 through 25, Hebrews 13, 4, the marriage bed is undefiled. But Almighty God condemns sexual intimacy outside the bonds of marriage in the strongest kind of language. Homosexuality and lesbianism a union between male and males and female and female. Leviticus 18.22, Leviticus 20 verse 13, it says that is an abomination to God. This terrible sin is spread as a loathsome disease amongst every faucet of society. 
It is absolutely, it is absolutely, to me, it's just mind-boggling. And I've asked for over a year, I said, you, I ask people, I said, do you think that there is a coordinated effort amongst people? Do you think there's just some kind of a think tank out there that's coordinating all these things together? And I get a lot of different answers from that. But there is a coordinated effort. Right. It's one called right. the wicked one, the right. devil. These, and whether these people are coordinating themselves together or aligning, you see the alliances of different groups. What is the Black Lives Matter or all these? And what about them? What about them? I am not. I am not racist. I have no hatred toward people of any other race. I can remember growing up. My great aunt, she was raised right up this road right up here. She left at an early age, got married. She married a Catholic man. She was raised Catholic. <clears throat> and his children, her children would come down from Cleveland. And it was my cousins. We'd get together and play. And they, they'd get mad at you. What they'd look at us, they'd get mad at us. They'd say, you ain't nothing but a Jew. The only time I ever knew anybody talk about Jews in the Bible, or when somebody would say, well, I'm going to try to Jew you down now. I meant they going to try to barter you down. So I went and asked my mother. I said, Mom, I mean, my brother went and asked Mom. He said, Bobby and Johnny, they're, they're keep called, they get mad and they call us a Jew. He said, like, like we should really be mad about that and ashamed. We ought to get, that's a bad word. I said, Mom, that ain't a bad word, is it? Mom said, well, no, it's not a bad word. He said, your Lord and Savior, Jesus, is a Jew, was a Jew. Mom said they're Catholics. They don't like Jews. They have something against Jews. Do you know it not been so terribly long ago that the, that the Catholic Church officially forgave the Jews for killing Jesus? They called us Jews. Well, I wasn't racist about that. I wasn't racist about nothing. And I, and, and I am not racist. But in the name of Black Lives Matter, what did they do? They ciphered off millions of dollars, and it's a big scandal right now. Terrible scandal. Bought buying mansions and private security firms and spent what took millions and millions and millions of dollars. Brought out all these terrorist organizations. What is there about division? What is there about unity that they've helped bring about unity? They've called further divides. Climate commies, what have they got to do with all the rest? It's all combined. But the catalyst is the abomination of lesbianism and homosexuality. To destroy the very foundation of humanity, morally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. If everyone embraces the concept that it's proper and it's good, and if it continues on, there'd be no children. There'd be no life. Physical life would come to a standstill. Two men, two women cannot bring forth life. I don't care what kind of a picture they put on the, from the leading magazines of a pregnant man. It's just not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. If it's okay, this terrible sin if it's okay, if it's really all right, and they're trying to convince us that it is, and listen about this, 
the very weirdest part of them, all of this transsexual and binary and all these things that we can't even start to contemplate and keep up with, all the very weird part of it, the very weirdest, is made just the homosexual and the lesbian just a, it makes them seem like well they're okay it's the weird part of them that's that's the weirder the weirder ones that are weird it makes you it makes you accept just the plain homosexual lesbians well they're not so bad it's it's the transgender group and the activists and all that it's just kind of a dumbing you down but if it's okay for homosexuality and lesbianism to be okay <clears throat> the very worst thing that I can think other than the, the, the stopping of life it means this right here is no it's not real it's saying this book right here is not true if God's word is not true if it's absolute it's obsolete there's no there's no hope for humanity nowhere but the Bible says this God's word is true and it is powerful it's the power of God and salvation. The gospel we read in this book, it's the power of God and the salvation. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the truth. He's the light and He's the life. If this way of life is right, the family, the core unit of the church, the community, the country, it's all going to be obsolete. If the, if the country's down, the church is down, the family's gone, what hope is there for a nation? <coughs> this abominable sin is infiltrated within, emboldened with on, within our government, not just our president. But the other day, did he not get up with a, with a vent to honor all these, all these people, these abominable life abominations to God, and said they're some of the most brave. They are the bravest, the most honorable people that He's ever met, and they're they, they're an example to the entire world. I told the church the other day what a slap in the face that is to the soldiers, mm -hmm. your police officers. Yeah. Teachers that through all this COVID and medical workers that didn't know what was going on when this COVID started hitting and people was dying and just and they exaggerated maybe some of that. But listen, you can say whatever you want to say about the COVID. When it first came out, for some people it was a death sentence. And when Brother Johnson, I called him right at the very beginning of it, he had the Indian missionary in Oklahoma, and when I called him on the phone and he was trying to say Tim, and he go. <laughs> him. They didn't have to ask me twice to get a shot. I got four and I was ready for some more. <laughs> I didn't want that. And now they say, I don't know if them, if them shots even helped you not get it. I don't know. Who did know? But there's people that went right on. And done their job, and preachers and pastors and church members went right on. Right. Take care of people, heroes, soldiers, true soldiers. Yeah. World War II veterans that he raised back on top of the ridge back there on top of the 
up on top of the Dummett Ridge, right up on the double-A highway up on top of the mountain there. He said he never known no road except Blacktop Road was Route 60, come through Olive Hill, and only seen it once, time he's 18 years old. Shipped him off, took him up somewhere in Maryland, put him on a put him on a ship, and said he's in that ship. And said there's just standing room only. So you had no place to lay down, packed in there like a bunch of cattle in a cattle car. Shipped him over to Germany, over to France, right in the middle of the war. That's a hero. Amen. Amen. Heroes. Our, our country's full of heroes, Amen. and to say these people are the most honorable and the bravest people. Because they've come out and standing up for what they believe is right. How could that man be so foolish? It have to be something from the devil's in that man's heart. It's infilled within our government. Our leaders, judicial system right on down the line. It's just not one party. It's not one party. They're in other, the other party as well. Yeah. Supposed to be conservative. Most, mainly some are, but not all. What does the Bible say about ungodly leaders? Proverbs 29, verse 2. Ungodly leaders will bring a nation down. Let me try to hurry along. Just a quick glance how other of these perverted ideas and views are being forced upon us through our industry, our business sector. The beer company. They got what they got their just desserts, haven't they? Somebody said that, that little part of the segment of their business is not gonna hurt them. I don't know how twenty nine billion or how that could hurt anybody. But I don't care if it destroys them all, the beer company. Mm-hmm. Alcohol why I made the lives just destroyed and took down and homes and rapes and molestations and suicide and deaths as it's caused. Let them all go bankrupt. Big big business. In the name of diversity, inclusiveness, pronoun training. I never was no good in English. I can't keep up with it. What to call them and what not to call them. It's in Ashland. Sorry, it's already in it's already in some of the big businesses. They've already had it. Talked to a person went down to Lexington a while back ago. They went down there. The person got up right off the bat said, uh, said when, you, when you get introduced, we introduce everybody here. said, you introduce yourself and what pronoun you want to be called. So we want you to do that. We're here. We know it's part of this. It's going to be. That wasn't even a class about all that. It was just, it's a class that wasn't even talking about all that. So they started, she, uh, she named off what her pronoun was and started going around the class and uh, not one person in that room, they just stated their name. They didn't say what pronoun they want to be called. They just stated their name. And that woman had an assistant with her. This woman wasn't from Kentucky, but her assistant was from Kentucky. And the, when it come around to the assistant, the assistant didn't use her pronoun. She just stated her name. And that woman, which I think she was the boss, this person, that, that woman looked over to that assistant and she said, I said, give your pronoun. And so the woman kind of looked embarrassed and she went ahead and gave her a pronoun. But she forced that assistant to comply with what she wanted her to do. But she couldn't make everybody else in the room comply. 
He said she was mad from the get-go because people didn't fall in with her pronoun training. But that's been forced on people. Harass for you. It's in, it's in Ashland. It's in Portsmouth. For you. Hold it against you. If you don't, give in. The sports arena. The LA Dodgers. I mean, what business do they have? Those blasphemous trans nuns that they had there. What does that have to do with watching a baseball game? They said, no, you're not coming. And they turned around because some of the other people, the ones that was less radical said, well, we're not coming either if you won't let them come. I have no love for the Catholic Church. They need to be saved. They need to come out of their foolishness and their crazy, foolish idolatry. But what those blasphemous trans nuns was doing to make fun of the Catholic Church is blasphemous against the Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Other teams, players weighing in for these pride events. They call it pride. What do they have to be prideful about? Call it their pride of what they're doing. Pride against God. They aim to silence those with Christian values. Punish them. Cause us to become hated. Jesus told his disciples, don't be surprised in John 15, 18, 19, if they're all hate you, you know that it hated you before it hated me. It's going to get worse. Ashton's not that far away. Portrait's not that far away. Your children are going to face it, are facing it. Some of you have already faced it. Guarantee some of you already faced it. How that you handled that, you know, I don't know. I like to think that you stood up. Then succumb to it. I think it'll be a time that people, pretty soon, that the people will look and say, "Where do you go to church? At? You go to church at Manual Baptist Church, where that John Lybrook preaches against uh, against this under these things, all these things, but it's against God's word." Do you believe those things? I don't think you're going. It'd be a good fit for you to work here. Don't you think it's not going to come down to that? Guarantee it will. Entertainment as a whole, Hollywood, New York City, entertainment at pleasure has long time been a religion to a lot of people. Second Timothy three verse four, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Education. Why in the world would a parent have to fight to be able to find out what their children are being taught in school? Why would you have to fight? Why would you have to be took out in handcuffs when you set up in a meeting and say, I don't approve of this? Have you allowed men to go with my daughter or, or, or the girls going with the boys? And I don't want that. I, don't, I can't. That can't be. Why are they going to drag? Why they, what right they have to drag you up because you oppose that? Keep parents in the dark and lie to them and, and deceive them and work in, the, work in the minds of those little children. Brainwash that child. Destroy your child or corrupt your child. All the while paint the parent as the terrorist to seek out the truth. In 2 Timothy 3, 7, what does it say? Every learner they're able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Sometimes it's those who have the most highest of the education are the ones of that persuasion. 
the higher up in the education, the worse it gets. Why is it so prevalent amongst the educational system? Because they have your children more than you have your children. We have those who are supposedly teaching our children, but they themselves are ever learning and they're able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let me say this before you make any mistake. Thank God for our teachers. Thank God for school boards who stand and take a stand. I understand Kentucky has some of the strongest conservative state school board regulations in the United States right now. That could change another legislator that comes forth. Thank God for businesses that stand. Sports figures who take a stand. Thank God for you as a Christian that's taken a stand. God's always going to have his remnant. God always will. Religion, there's so much religion in America, not so much truth. Those who deny Jesus Christ is the way to heaven, that Jesus is the only way. Those that deny the message of the gospel, because it's all about Jesus, for those that deny that, take a stand against that. We have those who absolutely have and know the truth. This church has the truth. This church has taught the truth. Your pastor teaches you the truth and stands for the truth. I don't think you could dynamite the truth out of it. You're not going to do that. And you have a people here that's grounded in the truth. And from a child, some of you knows the truth. But it's got to, it's got to be continued to pass down. It can't be watered down. It can't be weakened down. It can't be compromised. Somebody asked me one time, I was talking about it, and this is one, it's a family member, and they asked me the question, another family member. They said, well, what are you going to do if it, it comes right into your children or your in-law children or, or your grandchildren? What would you do then? I said, what could I do? I said, I can love them. I can still care for them, but I can't condone it. I can't approve of it. Right. Somebody said that they told their children, there's one son, they had two sons. I reckon one was, he said, I'm a, I'm a homosexual. The other one said, I've not acted upon those impulses, but I, I'm leaning that way myself. And the father and the mother said, said well, they finally you said, well, you, you're our child. You're welcome in our home. Anytime. And the person said, well, I'm going to bring my boyfriend with me or whatever. They're coming with me. And the family, the mom and dad says, no, they're, they're not coming with you into my home. And the person said this, said, well, if you won't accept them, I'm not coming. So what are they doing? They're trying to force the love of their parents to make their parent accept and let that come into their home and be a part of their home. That's not right. Play upon the love and the emotions of a parent to make them accept. Sometimes we don't. We can say we can accept a lot of things. Listen, I'm very tough until I'm faced with it. As a person plumbed up one time, he, I'm sure he said nothing. He, he, this man had been injured in war, had a steel plate in his head. He get to drink and he got crazy. He get crazy. 
ended up shooting a hole right through the side of my granddad's truck with my grandmother in the truck with him. 12-gauge shotgun, buckshot, shot nine holes and just blowed a hole right through the corner panel of his truck. Later, his people was talking about my granddad. This one guy was saying, here's what I'd do, here's what I'd have done. My grandfather said, well, let me tell you, here's what I think you'd have done if you'd have been, you were, if you'd have been there. And it wasn't really pleasant what he told him he thought he'd have done. So we can say, well, I'd do this, and I'll stand here, and I'll, I'll take a stand, and I'll do this. Well, you know, until we're faced with it face to face, sometimes we don't know what we'll do. But through the power of God, we can persevere and we can conquer. We have those who will always stand for the truth and fight for the truth. And they will persevere. I preach a little longer than I generally do when I go away from home. Let me say this. What's the answer? The last part of that chapter tells us what the answer is. Stay in the truth, stay in the word. Practice what you preach, preach what you know. Stay on the truth of God's word. Things are going to get worse and worse. We understand that. We'll continue to be attacked from every angle, persecuted from every angle. Just like the Bible says it will, just like our text and our text verses said. But listen, we don't have to let our home and our family, our community, our churches be destroyed. Take a stand. Take a stand. Don't stick your head down in the sand and pretend like it's not real, it's not going to happen, it's not going to affect you because it has and it will and it'll continue to do so. Just continue. Continue. Emmanuel Baptist Church, just continue. Just keep taking the stand that you already have. Don't lessen. Keep on. And what a rich heritage you have. And what a blessed young group of young church members. And if the Lord tarries, he's coming. They're going to be standing places of leadership. And if they're not here, if they're not taught, if they don't know what's going to become. They're our future. They're your future. And how blessed you are to have them. And a pastor that loves them, a pastor wife that loves them, a church family that loves you children. And you're always doing your part as well. Amazing, amazing group of young people and families in this church. Keep on keeping on. I want to preach one time. I said it many times. I asked him, what do you think the big city churches think about little small country churches throughout the country like Faith Baptist Church, Emmanuel, Lost Creek? This older preacher, he's older at the time. He said, I'll tell you what. It makes no difference what the big city churches. Most of the time, the bigger the church the more money it takes to run the operation, keep the machinery going. And he said, most of the time they start weakening, weakening in their doctrine to keep it going. He's not all, but most do. But not all. They don't have to, but they do. But he said, small country churches are the backbone of our faith. And he said, they stay true. And most of them you'll find them to be more true. I believe that. And I understand what he's saying. America, very well, could, you could say, depends upon churches like Emmanuel Baptist Church, Faith Baptist Church, churches of our faith, of our way and our practice. Because what we do, we preach and stand upon the Word of God. Amen. <clears throat>
I don't apologize what I've said. I apologize for taking maybe just a little more of your time, and I generally would. Brother John, you go ahead. I'll fall down and have to get a fork and get me back up. It's all stand, please. I had the fibula back there. It didn't work. <laughs> 